are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. It's game day eve. Saturday. Like as in tomorrow or today, depending on how the timing is of you listening to this podcast. It is happening. Isn't it exciting? Ah, Just the fact that we have something no more speculation, no more you know, wondering or mystery. It's like we have something of substance to basically see exactly what this team's going to be, and it is happening. It is absolutely happening against Rice tomorrow, and I know uh, we're all excited. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, if my nipples were any harder, my clothes would explode. It's that type of excitement we're talking about. And we're going to actually have uh, the guy who's covering, well, I shouldn't say covering, but doing broadcast work for the SEC Network, Mike Cousins on uh, here in just a little bit, and he's going to give us a little preview of the game itself. But I just wanted to kind of throw out what I think is going to happen tomorrow, prediction-wise and and everything like that. You know, we could sit here and just say, well, what's the score going to be? But I want to go in a little more detailed on everything. And when I start thinking about it, uh, I start thinking about Arkansas as as a perennial favorite and a team that should win this game and should win it going away. That's how I'm going to think of this. Uh, I don't want to have the mentality, even though it's probably not smart of me, I'm not going to have the mentality of, well, it's Arkansas. Well, we could screw it up. Well, we could do this. Oh, the hogs are going to hog. I'm not going to have that mentality because it's a loser's mentality, and I want good vibes only on this podcast. Arkansas is going to win this game, and they're going to win this game convincingly. It's not going to be close. It's going to be a game where Arkansas not only covers the spread, but they look good doing it. I think the a lot of the backups get a lot of playing time. I just think it's going to be blowout city. And when I say blowout city, I'm talking about like 45 to 10 Arkansas with a five touchdown victory. Like I, I just assume that's going to happen because of what we've been talking about on this podcast forever, but also in the fact that I just have a lot of faith in what uh, Sam Pittman has been doing and making sure that this team is completely and totally prepared uh, for this game. I mean, you think about last year when Arkansas opened the season against Georgia, Georgia was a perennial favorite that, you know, was just one of the best teams in the country. I think they were number, I think they were top five at the beginning of last year. I know they were for sure top 10, but like Arkansas, it was just like, man, you don't, this is your first game at home. Like really? And, uh, Arkansas played really well in the first half. They came out prepared. They, they came out ready. They, they didn't, they were fearless. And you're talking about a team that had a lot of confidence loss from the past few years like they came out really well in their season opener now granted they lost but you could tell that it wasn't something that was going to just take time for them to get into the rhythm of things I feel like this is going to be no different Sam Pittman's going to have this team ready and they're going to win this game easily they're going to score at least 40 points I expect KJ Jefferson to really lead the offense but I don't think he's going to do it with his arm necessarily I think there's going to be a lot of rushing attempts and a lot of rushing yards for Arkansas in this game uh, not only from K.J. Jefferson, but I think Traylon Smith's going to get a lot of run. I think Rocket Sanders, he's going to be my MVP of this game. I think he's going to run it all over the field. We're going to see that this freshman's the real deal Holyfield. Like, this isn't just some sort of, uh, you know, shot in the pan or flash in the pan type thing like the dudes for real. Uh, I think we're going to see that. I think that we're going to have uh, a great atmosphere. And I think we're also going to have a defensive, uh, bat- not a battle, but a, a great defensive showing 
from Arkansas in this game because of the fact that you have so much experience and I think that against the run, they're going to be really successful. And that's what this Rice team is going to try to do is control the clock. Arkansas's defensive front's going to be too strong for them. They're going to slow them down. They're going to cause a lot of three and outs. And Arkansas is going to win this game going away. That's my prediction. And I say that with confidence. I don't say that for the sake of saying it. I don't say it for the sake of trying to spin doctor this thing and trying to make you feel comfortable or confident or make you feel happy because, oh, this is the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, so therefore you must be talking crazy. You got to talk positive and optimistic. I'm saying it because I freaking believe it. Arkansas is going to be better this year, folks. Arkansas is going to be a team that's going to be formidable, that's going to be competitive, and that's not going to let us down. They're going to be that team that we all want them to be. Not only in this game, but the rest of the season. I have Arkansas going 9-3 and three this year. Craziness, right? But I do. I'm assuming that they're going to win every game they're supposed to. I think they're going to beat Texas. I think they're going to win five SEC games. You darn tootin'. The only three games I see them losing is Bama, Georgia, and A&M. That's it. They could beat LSU. They could beat Ole Miss. They could beat Mississippi State. They could beat these teams. They could win. And if they're prepared and if they're healthy, they're going to win those games. Arkansas is going to shock a lot of people this year. Arkansas is going to turn this program up on its head in a good way, too. Arkansas is going to go out and they're going to win a lot of games this year. I have a feeling. Experience goes a long way. Coaching goes a long way. Health, of course, is going to be a pretty big deal. But I see no reason why this team can't take that next step and be that next level team this year. They won't be perfect, but they'll be better and they'll be fun to watch. We'll talk more about that with Mike Cousins coming up on the other side of the break. But first, I got to tell you about Sweat Block because it's doctor recommended and it's doctor created and it works up to seven days per use. I mean, let's be honest, guys. It's just not really fun to talk about how much we excessively sweat, especially when it's so hot outside. It's September, but it's still in the 90s, even sometimes hitting with the hundreds. It's kind of embarrassing, especially when you're out in public and your shirt's all sweaty and gross and wet. And everyone's like, man, that guy, is he okay? Like, it's it's really annoying and it's embarrassing. And that's why if you want to have the best deal for when it comes to keeping yourself dry, you got to use the sweat block antiperspirant wipes. It's stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants, and you simply apply it right before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning, you wake up and go about your day without worrying about sweat, and it's guaranteed. And if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com using promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Alright, we're going to be joined by Mike Cousins, who's on call for the Arkansas game against Rice on the SEC Network here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and it's all football, baby. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this football season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests. And if you head to the website right now, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked on, simple as that. And they also have an opening day super promo where if you make a bet on the game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers in game one on Thursday, 
Your wager will be refunded even if you lose. That's up to $25 in new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. And from football, boxing, basketball, favorite Vegas casino games, it doesn't matter. Don't wait. Take advantage of the offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go ahead and welcome in Mike Cousins of the SEC Network. He's going to be on the call for the Arkansas Rice game. Mike, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, I, I share the sentiment that you guys do to have SEC football back is a wonderful thing. And I'm told that there's more than 70,000 tickets already out for this game, and, uh, and the bigger the crowd, the better. Yeah, hopefully it ends up being a 70,000 crowd because we haven't had that here in Arkansas, not even just for COVID, because before that was the Chad Morris years and you couldn't even get half the stadium full for that. So uh, it should be a great atmosphere. But uh, just looking into this game, obviously we know that the Razorbacks are favored and uh, Razorback fans are hopeful that they take care of business in this. But uh, what's just your overall feel heading into this game, not only from the Razorback perspective, but also from the Rice perspective as well? Well, I guess, you, you know, you guys certainly talk about Arkansas quite a good bit. From, from the other side of things uh, with Rice, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we know from Arkansas we'll see certainly one quarterback. Rice, we expect to see two quarterbacks. They've got Wiley Green, who made seven starts a couple of years ago, played in just one game last year. And then a, a familiar last name to football fans, McCaffrey, is Luke McCaffrey. And uh, he spent his spring at Louisville, transferred in from Nebraska. Two very different quarterbacks, Green more of a passer. McCaffrey can run it a little bit more. But what Rice has done now, Mike Bloomgren is their head coach, and he's in his fourth year. They really take the air out of the ball. So for as fast as Kendall Bryles and this Arkansas offense like to go, uh, it'll be interesting to see just how many possessions they get and how much they can do with those possessions. That certainly depends on how successful Rice is. If the Owls go three and out a bunch to start the game and the Hawks put some points on the board, that'll certainly change things up. But uh, we'll see what Rice is able to do. So, uh, you know, these games can, can kind of go one or two ways. They can, they can be close down to the finish or, you know, as we saw yesterday with Bowling Green and Tennessee, they can be a little bit dicey early on. And then the team with the better talent ends up prevailing by a pretty good margin in the end. Mike, we've heard some good things about Rice's defense. So from a defensive standpoint, what can they do to uh, to maybe have some success against Arkansas? Well, I think their best bet is going to be uh, up along the, the defensive line and, and trying to be able to, A, put some pressure on J.J. Jefferson and uh, to be able to try and contain Traylon Smith and Rocket Sanders um, because this is a team that, especially in the secondary, was pretty banged up this past year. When we spoke with Mike Bloomgren earlier this week, the head coach for Rice, the first question I asked him was, how many players did you lose for the entire year last year because of injury? And I think he paused for probably about 15 seconds before he was able to give a solid answer. And, and one of the most important ones is George Nyakwal, who's one of their uh, safeties, who he, they say has been getting a lot of interest from NFL scouts and guys asking about him. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they fare in the secondary because he's coming back. And Sean Fresh, they've got a, a freshman corner last year who started at the opener but uh, missed the rest of the season. Granted, they didn't play a full schedule last year. Then nobody really did. But Rice certainly was limited last year as they only played five games. But I think they're going to be a little bit less tested in the secondary. And so uh, where, they're, where their defense really has to shine has got to be in the front seven. We're speaking with Mike Cousins, who's going to be on the broadcast on SEC Network Plus here on Out of Bounds for Arkansas and Rice tomorrow. Uh, what, what do you make of Sam Pittman, Mike? Because here in Arkansas, in his first year, he – 
He was able to go three and seven, really showed some tremendous strides, especially from the previous years under Chad Morris. People are optimistic about what he can do in year two, but they also understand the difficult schedule that lies in front of him. But what do you make of Sam Pittman and the job he's done so far at Arkansas? Well, the fact that he basically got a reset on his contract after year one with just three wins, I think is a, a certainly a sign of optimism from the administration. But we know really what it comes down to is how many wins do you put up? And, and this is a regular season with no excuses in the way of, hey, this was a detriment to us or that was. I, we asked him about the schedule yesterday, and I'm sure he said this before, but he said, you know what, we aren't playing the schedule. We're just playing who's in front of us. And so I really like talking to him because, as you guys know, in, in college football, and college sports especially, but football for sure, there's a lot of bluster and bravado. And with Sam Pittman, there is none of that. And he, he makes himself out to be a truth teller with his team because he says that's how he builds trust. And so that's certainly helpful for us from a broadcast perspective to feel like we're getting the, the purest form of information and somebody who is genuinely who they are. When we sat down to talk with him, He's drinking a diet Mountain Dew. I said, Coach, you know, what's your, what's your caffeine of choice? Is it, is it coffee? Is it espresso? He holds up the bottle. He says, that's it right there. This is what I roll with. But, so, uh, you know, talking to him, he's a really genuine person, and, and, and that's somebody who one human being to another, you wish them success because they treat everybody well. They treat everybody equally. And so now it's time to show it. But uh, with a, a quarterback making the third start of his career and first at home in the SEC, that certainly provides you with an uphill battle. What did you see from Arkansas last year that they could possibly build upon coming into this season? Won three games in an all-SEC schedule, so uh, that's something that fans feel good about, and now you get back into the flow of a regular schedule and you have some of those non-conference games. Yeah, and, and it's you know snapping a really long SEC losing streak. A couple of those losses were really close, two points, three points. And this is going to be the first game that they're favored to win since October 17th of last year uh, against Ole Miss, where they were the underdog in, in the final six last year. And so I think you've got to be optimistic about a lot of the experience that they bring back defensively, especially with the linebackers in the secondary. No, they'll be down John Ridgway along the defensive line with his appendectomy. Um, but you have a great staff here. And with Kendall Bryles and, and Sam Pittman and Barry Odom, a former head coach himself. I think that's where you can be really optimistic. And if you can if you can get good play at quarterback, it doesn't have to be great. It just has to be good when you've got playmakers around you. Um, you know, I, I think you've got room to grow, and there's no shortage of enthusiasm around the program. It, it's been there before. It can certainly be there again. And so, um, again, it's going to come down to, to winning, but they've certainly got the guys to do it. And uh, we'll hope that uh, Traylon Burks is, uh, is at 100%. That seemed to be the indication with that we would see him in a, in a significant way. Uh, but as you know, those things can sometimes be obfuscated right up until kickoff. We'll continue our discussion with Mike Cousins of the SEC Network here in just a second. But first, I've got to tell you about Built Bar. Man, let's celebrate our freedom of choice, right? And the great different flavors that they have this Labor Day weekend. They have coconut, they have raspberry, they have double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They got all the great flavors, and the best thing about it is they're all amazing. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine different flavors. If you order today, you get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Those are the added ones, too. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
your Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, you mentioned Barry Odom in Arkansas's defense, which he did make improvements last year, but as good of a coordinator as Barry Odom may be, he's got to have the guys to go along with it. And fortunately for him this year, he has returning pretty much the majority of his defense. Jonathan Marshall, of course, left on the defensive line to go pro. But how important is that for a guy like, like uh, Barry Odom at a place like Arkansas, where you may not always get the four- and five-star defensive players, to have that much experience coming back in the SEC? Well, I think you can look at that in, in two ways. Uh, you know, the, One of the games that was on last night, East Carolina was playing it, and they returned almost all of their defense. But it was a defense that allowed almost 200 yards on the ground per game a year ago. And so you look at what Arkansas did a year ago, and, and they allowed almost five yards a carry last year, puts them in the bottom half of the SEC, 35 points a game, tied for 10th in the SEC out of 14 teams. So when you bring a lot of guys back, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It remains to be a question mark, but then they have an infusion of talent with three different transfers along the defensive line. I think that certainly helps as well with guys who already have SEC experience, guys who know Barry Odom, Trey Williams. Barry Odom says, I've known him since he was in eighth grade. Um, But there also is no substitute for experience at the highest level of college football in the best conference in college football. So there's no replacing that. And if Barry Odom can work some magic, then I think they're in good shape. Mike, uh, college football getting started. We had some games prior to the ones that we've had in the last couple of days. But what uh, what do you look forward to with college football and getting back in the flow of everything? I think it makes our world feel a little bit more normal. I don't mean to sound overly romantic about the sport, but with how important it is to all of us to be able to, you know, we're in a stand right now of six straight days with college football going from when UAB and Jacksonville State got going on Wednesday. We'll go all the way through Louisville and Ole Miss on Monday night in Atlanta. It gives us a rhythm to life. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but thinking back to last year in April, May, and June where we're all watching replays of games that happened five or six years ago, and to be able to look forward to things on Saturday, and we're on social media, we're on message boards, wherever the case may be. Look, not every team is going to have a good season. Not all of us are going to have happy Saturdays. But we do have things to look forward to, and that's what I love. And it's getting to tell the stories of players who have overcome things or have you know, gone a long way for their college journey or a coach who's in his first head coaching role who seems to be universally liked around college football. That, to me, is when people ask me about my job, I rank it in three tiers. Is one, meeting phenomenal people. Two, going places that are, are beautiful around the country. And number three is the actual game itself. I can't control the outcome of the game, but if the outcome of the game is really good and it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter, to me and my job, that's just a cherry on top at the end of the day. Yeah, I like how the fact that uh, you've actually already called a game this week. In fact, it was the Dukes-Mayo Classic that you had a chance to call <laughs> with uh, with App State and ECU on ESPNU. Uh, I, what was that experience like? Because obviously it, it was, uh, you know, like you mentioned all the reasons why you love calling college football, but I also saw the video of the guys having a mayonnaise eating contest that was on TV, too. It just seemed like uh, there was a lot of fun, not only with the game, but also the broadcast last night, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm working with Dustin Fox this year, who played some time in the NFL at cornerback, and he played at Ohio State. We get along really well together. I say for for partners that I work with, the ones who, who tolerate my crap the best and play along with, with what I bring to the air, I think are the ones that I work best with because we like to have fun. And Last night was a phenomenal crowd in Charlotte. They were just shy of uh, 40,000 people there 
for a college football game, and, and they're expecting uh, north of 70000 for when Clemson and Georgia play there tomorrow, and College Game Day is going to be there as well. Um, and, and then Dustin and I have another game on Sunday as well. We're going to be doing the, the Red Tails Classic between Tuskegee and Fort Valley State, so two powerhouse HBCU programs at the Division II level. And so what a way for college football to be back is to have a three-game week. Now, you probably didn't get a chance to watch because you were working yourself, but as far as uh, Ohio State and mentioning them, they played a game last night. So what, what were your thoughts from the game with Minnesota? Because it was a little closer than expected to begin with, but they were able to run away and, and pull it off in the end. Yeah, when I got off the air, uh, it was late third quarter, and it was a one-score game at that point. And then the final score ended up being a little bit more of a gap between the Buckeyes and the Gophers. But I think that just goes to show, as several teams are going to have to do this year, several prominent teams in college football, the perils of breaking in a new quarterback. Now, they did it against a conference opponent. With Arkansas, it's not a brand-new quarterback, but you're doing it against a former Southwest Conference opponent. Uh, So it's a little bit of an easier road, certainly before uh, what you get with Texas in week two. Not that they have an an easy road against Louisiana in their opener either. Um, But I think uh, it goes to show everybody's got a little bit of rust to shake off. And now I think the difference in that game simply was talent in that Ohio State has better pure talent on its roster than Minnesota does. Um, But that there's always the danger of somebody getting tripped up in week one, and that's what we've got with Georgia and Clemson, right? Somebody's going to get 0-1, that L, to start things off on their schedule. It makes it a little bit more difficult for Clemson than it would for Georgia because the Tigers don't have any more ranked opponents on their schedule, and Georgia's got the rigors of the SEC in front of them. Um, So, uh, you know, to, to go back to the question before, it's also the uncertainty of everything is that we look at things on paper now and we think, okay, we've got a pretty good idea of what the SEC championship game might look like. But really, we don't know what's going to happen, and that's why we watch, and that's why we love it. Now, Mike, uh, pardon me if I've, uh, if I, you know, this should be something I should know, but uh, have you ever been to Fayetteville before? Is this going to be your first time in Fayetteville? Uh, I have been to Fayetteville before. I was there. Uh, Clint Sterner, Casey Smith, and I did the spring game, uh, the football spring game in 2016. Um, but we, we will not be on site uh, for this game. Dustin and I will not be there. Tara Talmadge will be on the sidelines for our broadcast. She will be there. So that was, uh, that was part of the challenge that Dustin and I took on this week was with doing three games in, in four days, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we're doing them from home, and so that allows us to do all of those things. And uh, so it's a little bit different for us this year, but uh, we welcome the challenge because I don't know that anybody in the history of ESPN has ever done three games in four days for college football. Well, the only reason I was asking is because I was just seeing if you had some favorite thing that you remember about when you came to Arkansas or when you do come to Arkansas. Is there a you know, restaurant you go to or anything that you remembered the most uh, the last time you were able to call a game here? Uh, you know what? I, I couldn't tell you the name of the restaurant that we went to, but it did have a rooftop bar because a roommate of mine – uh, was the former voice of Arkansas uh, athletic, or Olympic sports, Alex Perlman, who worked in the athletic department several years ago. Uh, and so we went out with a few of his friends, and I had never been to Fayetteville before. My wife actually had. Um, she worked for a company that did business with Walmart, so she spent a good amount of time flying in and out of northwest Arkansas. And uh, just I think the natural beauty of it stuck out to me because the last time I was there, I lived in downtown Chicago. And I was coming from a heavily urban skyscraper type of landscape. And so to see something as verdant and beautiful uh, as that area was just uh, massively impressive to me. And you know what? 
now that I think about it, it's not been once but twice, actually, because uh, I used to call high school basketball as well for ESPN. And so we came to Bentonville High School when Malik Monk was in school and broadcast one of his games as well. So broadcasting from home, was that more of a scheduling deal because you're doing so many games in a short amount of time? Or does that go back to last year when it was challenging and you kind of had to get used to that? And now that's kind of where we still are at this point. Uh, to the best of my understanding, it's, uh, it's to help us get all these games on the air here in this first week because Dustin and I know we're going to be traveling for our game, uh, not this, not tomorrow, but the, the 11th of September. Um, so it is definitely a, a little bit different. Um, you know, we're watching the game off of a monitor. We're basically watching the same feed that uh, you see at home on TV, but we've got the ability to really adjust the crowd noise, adjust how, how loud we hear each other, how loud we hear the production team as well. And so uh, what Dustin and I do is really just crank up the volume from what we hear from the crowd. So even though I'm sitting in my basement, it still feels like we're at the game atmosphere-wise. So do you have any particular like routines and things that you do before a game? Because I've always found it fascinating with broadcasters, especially play-by-play guys, because it seems like a lot of them you know, either get hyped up on caffeine or maybe some of them have a certain routine as far as meals go or anything like that. Is there anything particular or unique that you do as far as your routine before a game? Well, I don't know if it makes me unique, but I'm certainly particular about it. Caffeine is one of them. Yeah, five-hour energy is definitely part of the routine. Depending on how late the game is, there might be a, a halftime Red Bull as well. Um, I generally try and avoid eating too close to game time, and certainly uh, not before I, I change into my, my shirt and jacket and tie combination. Um, but I don't know if, if you guys think back to high school or college, before you took a test, let's say the night before, there was two types of people, right? There was the one that stayed up all night cramming and trying to figure out every last thing they could fit into their head or under their study guide or whatever the case might be. I'm more of the opposite of that, where when I get up to game time, I just kind of want to zone out a little bit. You know, like uh, Peter did in office space when he goes to see that doctor, and he just, he just makes me <laughs> feel like I've been fishing all day, Doc. And it just kind of stare off into the ether <laughs> a little bit. And it helps me relax because – they're always going to be, you know, in those 10 seconds before you go on the air and, and our producer counts down to us before we're live, there's always going to be a little bit of natural butterflies, which is really fun. And so I just try and get myself through a really calm space and, and trust that the week of preparation that I've done has been sufficient for me uh, to go into the game. Because even though we've done all that prep, if it's a one-point difference, you know, in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, none of the other stuff matters. All that matters is who's getting into the end zone last. Mike, we got one uh, about a minute left. Got one for you outside of football. With you being a Cleveland guy, what do you think of the hometown guy, Jake Paul? <laughs> you know what? I am impressed that anybody who did not come up training to be a fighter will get in the ring and, and let someone punch them in the face. Because, uh, you know, I stand six foot four and soaking wet, 185 pounds. If I ever get in a fight in my life, it will last probably the length of Ben Askren's fight, maybe even shorter than that. Um, so he, he draws a lot of attention, um, and uh, so you, you can't knock him for his hustle, uh, but I certainly await the day that uh, Jake and Logan are, are taking on some serious fighters to see how, exactly what they're made of. Now that It should be interesting, and I know that, uh, you know, hey, this fact that sports are here, whether it's fights or whether it's college football, we know you're interested and we know you're entertained by it, but we appreciate it. Mike Cousins, uh, the guy who's going to be on the color com- or the play-by-play commentary for the SEC Network Plus this weekend for Arkansas and Rice. Enjoy the game. Uh, good luck on the call, man, and good luck the rest of football season. Maybe we'll be catching up with you later down the road. 
I certainly appreciate that. And thanks so much for having me on. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 